0: And welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring, or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work, and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry? Why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am, however, interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being, and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. Today I'm talking to Kevin Simpson and Rebecca McFadden from Simpson's Grooming Supplies. Kev is one of the directors and along with his wife Nicola, he runs the business day to day. Rebecca is one of their sales team. She used to be a groomer herself and ran her own business. I thought it would be nice to talk to them about some of the aspects of their business that could help us with running our businesses. We talk about products that make life easier in the salon, customer service, the importance of talking to your traders and understanding the products that we are buying. We also talk about what to expect at Groomfest on Sunday the 17th of September at the Stonely Kennel Club building and why it's important to go along and support. I use many Simpsons grooming supplies, products and shampoos on the customers in my salon. They have great customer service and are always eager to give us groomers what we want. They have run a successful business for over 60 years. So listen up. Here we go. Hi Kev. Hi Rebecca. How are you both today?
1: Very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting us on the
2: podcast.
0: Yeah, good, thank you. Brilliant. So can we start by just telling us a little bit about Simpsons Groom and Supplies, what sort of things you sell and what countries you supply to, and also the role that you play in the company?
1: Well, Simpsons has been around since 1960, started by my grandfather. He dabbled in lots of things after the war and at a point got into breeding dogs, which at the time, poodles and pugs were the, the popular breeds. Wow, yeah. So he needed an appliance to dry his own dogs because all they were were sort of domestic little hand dryers which weren't very good so so in essence he built his own industrial dryer and that became popular with uh, with other people and that kind of was the starting blocks if you like of the business so uh, in terms of where we export to today well we cover quite a lot of Europe Plus, we export to America and also to Australia. So, Brilliant.
0: So as it's sort of gone down the generations, it's sort of just grown and grown and grown. And that's, that's really nice how it's sort of kept it in the family. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, my parents, they're still technically directors of the company, but they are retired now. And it's uh, now myself and Nicola that deal with the day-to-day. So I am, my position, if you like, my role within the business uh, is a director. Uh, as is Nicola and we deal with the day-to-day running
0: so. brilliant okay so can you um tell us a bit about some of the products that you supply um that mm-hmm. you think make life easier in the salon for us groomers
2: and why um I personally love the banished spray because it helps with dematting, but it also cuts especially for my standard food door, cuts the drying time for her yeah. and oh my wide blades I use them religiously, absolutely love them. Again, cut the time down, less stress for the dog. So it's just perfect for, especially if you're in a busy salon, it just makes life so much easier.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine grooming without wide blades now. When I started, it was just the little, you know, A5 ones. And I can't even remember the last time I picked one of them up. Banish as well, definitely. Um, When I've got like all my cockapoos and wall coats, especially that are in, and they come in all tangly down the legs whack a bit of banishing with your shampoo or a bit of spray on there and they do really come up nice don't they it's really helpful and what about you kev
1: well obviously the dryer is you know an important product an important appliance to have in the salon if you haven't got a dryer, you, you can't run a business Definitely. um but you know we have strived to sort of create lots of products to, to sort of help you know everything you know shampoos scissors, um, also our flexible slipper brushes that we, we sell. They seem to be hugely popular still. But there's a lot of kind of thought goes into the development of the products to make sure that they you know, that they achieve what the customer wants and they tick the boxes in terms of offering performance and things like that. So, so yeah, I would say for me personally, dryer is immensely important. Rebecca's mentioned obviously wire blaze and banish, but mm-hmm. also the, the slipper brushes are good as well
0: yeah they are those slicker brushes and especially because you've got the different ones for different uses as well I mean my red one comes out with all of the doodles and sort of thicker wool coats but then with the bichons obviously I work with bichons when I'm competing the blue one fluffs them up really nicely well because
1: they're dual sided as well I mean you take the the poodle brush the blue one you know, you have a side that's designed for sort of helping you to straighten the coat and then you flip it over and that one helps you create volume and structure when you're building a top knot or something like that. So so again, we just try to sort of make a lot of the tools as much as we can multi-purpose.
0: Yeah, and they, they do really stretch the coat out. I know you mentioned your your stand dryers that you do. I think especially that combined with the brush, because, you know, it's a really strong brush. actually like you say, stretches it right out and allows more time for the air to whack through as you're actually flush drying.
1: I mean, you know, drying a poodle can be immensely challenging, Ugh. particularly if it's a sand.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you, know,
1: you have got to work quickly and you need the tools to do that. that's
0: it especially when all like my standard poodles all come in twos. no one has one standard poodle so um yeah drying like you say is a complete mission and they they do really really help so i know you're always coming up with new ideas for products and ways to improve the products that you've got can you tell us why you think it's important for any business to keep working on the things that they offer and also as far as your products go is there anything that you've got that you're going to be um, sort of like getting a sort of see at Groomfest? Anything new coming out at all? Uh,
1: Well, in terms of improving developing products, a lot of that comes from customer feedback that may be, you know, observing things online on social media. So we're always looking for constructive criticism as well as, you know, the positives. We talk to a lot of customers at shows and things like that across. We discuss thoughts and ideas, things we might be thinking about bringing out. And they're very open to the idea of saying, "Well, I'd like this, or I wish you'd do that," and then we basically act on that information, and then we're going to be trying to deliver what people want. In terms of what we're going to be launching or trying aiming to launch at Groomfest, we do have some things in the pipeline. I can't say too much about them now, okay? Because, because obviously they are going to be in theory unique or exclusive to the show but needless to say there are things that people have been asking for for a little while now so hopefully Brilliant. people are going to be very happy when they see them
0: fabulous so you're going to leave us in suspense and let us come over and
1: yes i yeah. mean once once i have the product in my hand we may well let you have a little sneaky peek at it
2: Ooh, um, lovely.
1: but um, but obviously we're still a few weeks from the show so we yeah. won't say too much today but fingers crossed, we're going to have some some nice new products for you to look at.
0: Brilliant. No, that's absolutely great. And so you're going to obviously be at Groomfest. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us what's going on and what sorts of things people can expect on the day?
1: So what can they expect? Well, they can expect good concentration of, of core suppliers to the industry. One of the sort of key things behind the sort of creation of Groomfest was... Essentially, that most people find going to Crufts quite challenging now. If you're going there to show dogs, that's one thing. But for people that were going there for a bit of a shopping experience and things like that, it's got more and more expensive as the years have gone on. And so, you know, this was one of the principal ideas that we would like to create a free event. It's free for people to come in, free parking. And you know, basically you'll get to see all the main suppliers there that you would find at Crufts. Possibly maybe not in the, the same size. I mean, obviously we have a much bigger stand at Crofts than we do at Groomfest, but we endeavour to bring as many of our products and our brands to that show. So, in essence, that's what you're gonna find there. You're gonna find all the top suppliers, you're gonna find new innovations from people that are created products themselves. You know, perhaps you know, people have had a go and you know, they've thought of an idea themselves through their own working that they, you know, like to explore an, an idea. So you've got a lot of that going on. You've got some small little cottage industry type businesses. There will be demos on stands, um, and also there will be there's there's a seminar program. This year it is a little bit different that it is a ticket event. Yeah. Um, although it is a ticket event, it has been very well planned by Louisa and Sally
0: yeah. who
1: are running it. Uh, we also have Kitty who's going to be there as well. She's oh, going brilliant. to be in the uh, in the program itself. So yes, you know, it's going to be a very exciting day. There's going to be lots for people to do and I'm sure everybody's going to get a lot out of it.
0: So there's a great, great little lineup there of seminars that people can get in and see. What is it about Groomfest from obviously a trader's point of view that you like?
1: From a trade point of view, right. I think, it it, again, getting back to this business of the expense of crafts. So what Groomfest enables us to to find and to see is more customers, in essence. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, not everybody can afford to go to crafts or want to go to crafts. So when you give them the enticement of a free event, free parking, everything else, it brings in lots of customers that we may never have seen or met before. Also, everybody strives to launch a product at Crufts. There's a certain expectation. If you're going to bring something out new, your main aim is to try and get it to Crufts for March. Sometimes that doesn't always happen. Um, Sometimes there could be delays. And when that happens, Groomfest is fantastic because we're talking six months apart. So Mm -hmm. if we miss the um, the date for launch, we can always plan and go for a Groomfest launch. That's the other thing that's good for us.
2: As being in the sales office, I think it's really handy to actually meet the customers that I get to speak to on the phone regularly and I actually get to put a face and it's just that human interaction that you actually get to have a good chat to them and yeah. them. I think people do love that and miss it a lot that you don't have that as much anymore so I think it's great for that.
1: So many people use the internet now to buy their suppliers. You know, not everybody's got the time to pick the phone up and have a conversation. So it is, as Rebecca says, it's great to put a you know face to a name and have a chat and, you know, just get a bit more personal with these people.
0: Yeah. And I would think that people probably have a bit more time to come over and have a look and a chat at Greenfest. Because, I mean, I know they've got sort of seminars going on throughout the day. But mm-hmm. um, from my point of view, when I've come to Greenfest before... Um, I find that I'm not rushing to get in the competition ring for this time. I'm not, you know, because I'm not competing, I'm not busy for two and a half hours of the afternoon and potentially the same in the morning as well because people compete with two dogs as well. Like, you get a chance to have a real good rummage around all the stands. You get to come over and chat to you guys about, you know, different products and things. And because people aren't rushing about, it's a bit more social as well because you've got the time to actually have those conversations that you sometimes at competitions or at crafts you plan to have but then you don't get time to do it. In the end, yeah you're yeah absolutely. so busy running yeah. around. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, you know, a, a groomfest is, you know, a networking kind of event as well. You know, it's not just necessarily about, you know, buying supplies and, and the education side. It's a chance for you to meet like minded people, you know, and share your thoughts and everything else with them, you know. So there's nothing better than actually picking up and actually feeling the product and having a demonstration of it properly. When the internet's great, uh, when you know what you want, but if you're in a bit of a quandary as to, you've got three, four products in mind and you don't know which one you want, that's where you need to come and talk to the experts, ask the questions, you know, feel the product, try it, and then Mm -hmm. you can make an informed decision, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember a long time ago, actually, I think it was one of the English Groomers challenges, actually. I came over to you because... I was struggling with my wrists. I was really struggling with um, yeah, I being that. in the salon yeah, for You a lot were of introduced
1: days. to being me by Mandy.
0: That's it. Yeah, you Man. two were next I to each Mandy. other.
1: That's right, and we were at the English Groomers Group Challenge.
0: Yeah, and then you probably spent a good, what, 20 minutes, half hour with me saying, right, this clipper's good for this, this clipper's good for this, this is the lightest one on the market that you're going to find, this one's a different shape. And I was like, just picking all these bloody clippers up one by one (laughs) for about half an hour and switching them on, switching them off, switching them on, (laughs) switching them off. But hopefully
1: you went away, you know, feeling a bit more informed and come and knew what you wanted at that point.
0: Yeah, I come away with my, um, I think it was my Heinegger sapphire right. that I had. Yeah, and they're so right. light and I still use them all the time now as well because, like you say, they're not heavy. They've got a really nice balance to them and they're a good little
2: clipper for getting through the coats quickly. And I was just going to actually say, we just had someone in the showroom today wanting clippers and we had them all out so they could try it and explain it and have a play and it just makes such a difference. And We can just discuss it with everybody and have a good chat with them and they
0: come out feeling happier yeah and that works with a lot of different types of products as well like I mean we're talking about Mm. clippers here but but then also like all sorts of things like even your stand dryers at least people can come and have a go and feel what they like to move about and feel like you know how tall they go and how low they go so I think you're definitely definitely right and the fact that coming and trying things there's nothing like it is it you can't do all that on the internet no. Definitely not.
1: And, and one other thing we've sort of experimented with more recently with Louisa Tandy, who is our, our ambassador, we've tried organising a scissor clinic. So in essence, we have a dog on the stand and you can actually try the scissors on a live dog, on the coat. So you get Driving. a chance to feel the weight and the performance and see how they cut and things like that. So that's something we hope we can carry on in the future, but we certainly tried it as a bit of an experiment this year
0: that's a really good idea which sort of leads me on to the next question that i was sort of going to ask you can you Mm. explain what you see from a spectator's point of view on how competing can help a groomer
1: Right. well obviously you know there's the one thing you can get you're getting tuition really if you like just by sitting there and watching your peers groom their dogs also if you're brave enough to actually enter the ring as well you know getting critique from a judge is pretty much priceless information. you know, And it's always worth perhaps, if you're thinking of entering a competition, to try a breed that you perhaps struggle with a little bit, rather than one that you know how to do exceptionally well. So that way, the judge will give you some good critique on it and help you produce a better trim in the future
0: that is actually a really good idea because most people I think with the competitions will go in and be like oh I've got to show off how good I am at this aim for gold, aim for win, win, win but the idea of you suggesting that people go in with things they struggle with a bit more Mm. is actually a really interesting idea because then the areas that you struggle in the salon with you're actually raising the lowest end of the bar you know, as far as your salon is concerned rather than just bringing that top end higher and higher and higher Mm-hmm. So,
1: like I've said, you know, be daring, be brave, try something new, and you know, getting that critique is, is absolutely priceless in in terms of you know what it would cost you for one to one tuition, you yeah, know, of from, course, from yeah. an expert groomer on that breed.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, going for one to one, you're looking at a couple of hundred quid, at least oh, at least, least, least. least two hundred quid, really. So, yes. yeah, a big saving there. Um, also,
2: the competitions—they're a great way to learn, and everybody is always learning, and she's never give up even the best groomers will always learn a new trick and -hmm. things like that so maybe having it from some point of view and you can actually have a look around if you're not that confident with that breed you can have a look at the other Competitors and go. Oh, actually, look, they that that'd be really handy if maybe use that in my salon
0: or yeah. And it must be nice for the pair of you as well when you see your customers. I always refer to the com- grooming competitions as a bit like caravan club for dog groomers because it's quite often a similar <laughs> crowd turning up to a similar place. On is, is, yeah. and so, like, you must get to know people there quite well, obviously, especially the customers. And it must be nice for you to see them progress over the years as well.
2: Yeah, was, definitely, yeah. definitely, and. They'll even phone us up as well and tell us sometimes. And we've had someone phone up and tell us they've just passed the level three and everything like that. And it is so lovely to hear it all. And it just makes you feel even happier and just want to strive to make it better for them and to help them in the future.
1: We've sort of seen people come up, if you like, through the ranks. So they may have done the English Groomers Group Challenge, which Mm -hmm. sadly is no longer about. But that was, you know, that was the kind of the entry point. If you wanted to get into competitions, it was kind of very relaxed and, uh, you know, a good opportunity for people to um, to have a go at competing without feeling too pressurised about it all. But we've seen people come up through that and then seeing them go on to the more, you know, prestigious events, if we can say that, Premier Groom, Groom of the Year, which, again, is no longer with us, um, certainly for the moment anyway. But we have seen a lot of people come up through those competitions over the years and, yeah, they've turned out and become amazing groomers.
0: Yeah, it's funny how the industry has changed with the different competitions. Some of the old ones you don't see now, but then there's lots of new ones as well. And I suppose we've got the Rookie, which English Groomers Group do put on, especially for the newer groomers, which is a really nice thing to have. I know Kelly super groom has a big big push on the newer groomer classes as well it's more common i suppose now to see a beginner's class in a normal competition whereas i suppose before it was like you say more the english groomer challenge was the way in or the rookie was the way in and then the other ones were sort of once you'd found your feet you'd go in there but now i think everyone's sort of all the competitions are trying to encourage new people too aren't they
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know i think i'm probably right in saying that you know the English Groomers Group Challenge is one of the earliest competitions.
0: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah,
1: and a lot of sort of stemmed from that. So they, you know, they copied the format, if you like, in terms of making it accessible to to younger groomers. Mm-hmm. You know, those that may have only just qualified but are keen to, you know, have a go. and um, yeah to help them develop their skills
0: as a groomer when we have our customers come through the door with the dogs there's all sorts of things that I'm sure the listeners can relate to where the customers come in and they're like oh blah 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 and we're rolling our eyes because we're like oh they haven't brushed it enough and they've not been bringing it enough they're you know all these things that we roll our eyes at is there anything that you as traders sort of roll your eyes out at us groomers when we come in and say oh i'm having a problem with this
1: <laughs> oh that's that's a difficult that's a difficult question to answer if um, we put it a
0: bit nicer what do you wish we'd do more <laughs> uh, to make both our lives and your lives easier i suppose that's what that's well we, we appreciate
1: your lives that your lives are very busy but you know a little bit of care and attention to the equipment wouldn't go amiss I mean, I'm I'm talking something as simple as you know, cleaning an air filter would would go a, a long, long way.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're happy to sort these problems out for our customers, but you know, we do go, oh right, okay, it, it was a, a simple solution, you know, and if the customer had just paid a little bit of attention each day, five, ten minutes a day to sort of cleaning and maintenance of their equipment, it it would be so much you know less trouble to them
0: brilliant okay and is there anything for you rebecca that you think
2: yeah Well, if we get any warranty stuff in especially like trimmers they'll be saying there's a problem with it and we just find that maybe the trimmer blade hasn't actually been cleaned regularly and it's full of hair and little things like this what should be your day-to-day and i am an ex-roomer so i do I do understand, so you understand how yeah. it is. Um, and i used to sometimes be terrible but now seeing it from a different perspective, I actually realised I need to clean my blades more. I need to do this more. And actually, it will make your products last longer.
0: Yeah, I think that that was something that was really drummed into me when I was at college. Like, any spare five minutes we had at college, clean them blades out, blast out those filters, da, da, so, so... Yeah, I mean,
1: we're, we're always happy to help. We yeah. have an after-sales service department here. You know, uh, we can give advice. We can loan dryers if people need to send something in for servicing and and they're desperate to carry on working but we do aim to you know offer a fast and efficient service on on everything we you know we handle for them
0: yeah and it's good that's another reason I suppose why if people have the confidence to sort of come over and talk to you that you can help them with these problems because if people don't know how to do things like clean out their dryers They can always ask you when they're coming over and looking at products. What do I do? How do I look after this? How do I get the best lifetime out of this? Because it's not just helping you, it's helping the groomer as well, isn't it? Correct. We all all want to get the best out of our products, don't we? Definitely.
1: Definitely. I mean, blasters, you know, they are, to some extent, they're they're used a lot more than kind of originally planned. when, When they were first invented, which is probably back in the 80s, I think, is when they first started to emerge. The idea was to simply remove the excess water from the coat to remove any minor knots and tangles and, uh, and help really reduce laundry bills and stuff like that. And then the later models started appearing with a heating element in them. And then suddenly people have kind of taken this view, well, I'll just blast the dog until it's dry. But obviously that has, there's an offset to that because you're, you're using the appliance for longer and therefore, you know, it's gonna wear out much faster but equally you're going to need to maintain it and look after it more carefully, particularly, you know, the air filter, that, you know, that's one of the most crucial things. If you don't keep the air filter clean, you know, you're basically allowing the dryer to draw all the dust and hair through the motor. Which will be detrimental to its performance. So.
2: The workshop would say, "Clean your filter after every dog." Well, I, ha- I yeah. have to say, when I had a <laughs> when I
0: had a member of staff in uh, working for me, that was the job that she had before she went home at the end of the day. Like you say, when groomers get busy, it's so easy to forget to do these sorts of things. Or at the end of the day, when you're rushing to get home and you want to have your dinner and you want to do all these things. Yeah. It's one of them yeah. things that just, like you say, just sits on the back burner. Oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. But if you've got like your mem- a member of staff who, you know, you're looking for a few odd jobs at the end of the day when they're having a sweep up, or if you've got five minutes between dogs, just, it, it takes seconds, doesn't it really? Just to, right. just yeah, to blast yeah, just... it out. And
1: Well, it's always worth just having some spares, you know, like we've said, we appreciate you busy and you know when you've been on your feet all day working very hard as we know you do the last thing you want is then to think about cleaning <laughs> meticulously cleaning <laughs> all your products but you know just have a spare filter that you can just pull the old one out pop a new one in then you know you're ready to go you know start work again the next day
0: brilliant so. no that's some really good advice there and it'll save people pennies from having things serviced quicker and they get more sure. life out of the product so absolutely that's yes great some groomers concentrate so highly on the grooms being perfect that sometimes the customer service can go out of the window a little bit. Well, Simpsons is really well known for your excellent customer service. So, can you explain why it is so important for a business to have a high standard of customer service as well as the good quality
2: products? I think if you get to know your customers and, and have a build a relationship with them, yes, it does help because if there is a problem for them or for us, you can communicate with them easier. You know, you can have a good chat with them. Like you say,
0: if you know your customers, then you're going to be more approachable, aren't you?
1: You know, customer, customer service is a very important part, you know, to any business. You know, you can, have, you can have fantastic products, but equally you need a good team of staff, you know, to be able to communicate with your customers and, and deliver what they want, if that mm. makes sense.
0: Yeah, of course. No, definitely. And I suppose, mm. like you said earlier, with you talking to customers about what they want and stuff like that, you're, you're always going to improve, even though your grooming might be really good already, if your customer wants something else, it doesn't matter how good you are with what you're doing. If they want something else, they need to be able to approach you and talk to you about that.
1: Yeah, they may have a specific dog with a specific coat type, time, a bit of a problematic coat, and they need advice on the best product uh, you know, deliver the best groom to the customer. Mm. And and also, you know, if they if they don't want to shave off, they want a longer hairstyle, then, you know, they need to explain all of that to the client, what's involved, what the expectations are of that, how often the dog would have to come back to the salon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what products they would perhaps need to use in between that they might need to do, you know, some some maintenance themselves, be keen to pick up a brush, use a spray, things like that. So, yeah. Yes, so customer service is is key to any business room.
0: Yeah, and I know um, when I'm on the phone, Rebecca, um, when I'm speaking to you, because you're obviously front, front of the shop sort of when we come in it's your smiley face we see and when I ring up it's yeah. your it's your <laughs> little voice that I hear coming down the phone um, I remember when I first started obviously you're you're setting up business you're buying lots of things from lots of different companies my dad would always know when Simpsons had rung up because of this little sweet little voice down the phone he said they always sound so friendly and he said they always sound like they're smiling when they're talking to you on the phone they, they he said they must be happy in their job because they're always so chirpy and I think that that does make a difference when you're talking to a business because, well, who wants to bring up and hear, oh, hiya? When I speak to yeah. Rebecca, she's like, oh, hello, how can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. One,
1: one very important thing, you know, it, you might be experiencing the worst dog ever on the table, but when the phone rings, it's worth taking a second just to stop, smile, and then answer the phone, and you'll come across completely different.
0: That's such good advice.
2: I'm actually going to remember that one myself. <laughs> it, it does work. It does yeah. work. And Emma and I get called like little Miss Giggle and stuff like that. We've got a few customers who have little nicknames for us and they just have a good chat and tell us how it is. And because we remember them and know them, yeah, they're just happy to have that little chat. And we're it's always nice to just deal with them and have that rapport with our customers. And you do get to know them the people and they get to know you and because there is only two of us normally at front of desk it just really helps
0: yeah Yeah. i know when i ring up the first thing you say is i'll say hi it's carla oh how's your wedding coming on (laughs) 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 and when i when i rang up i know when you sort of brought out your banish that had the scent to it this is always sticks in my mind when i rang up and spoke to rebecca
2: That's the one. I said, oh, mandarin and what is it? What is it? Uh, lime, basil, and mandarin. That's the one. I'm like, oh, what does that smell like? Yeah, <laughs> when you walk down the street, especially like in a busy London area, and you see that really hot guy in the suit, and you go, "Oh, that smells <laughs> You're good." Sexy I'm man, <laughs> and it smells just like that. And I can tell you now, a lot of women have bought it. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Start spraying the customers with it on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Good idea. Well, their
0: husbands. <laughs> so, Rebecca, you have had, like you said, a grooming business yourself. And I know you try all the products that you sell. So, can you tell us about a few of your favourite products?
2: It's more now when I have my own dog. So, I absolutely love, And um, because my standard food, as I said earlier, doesn't really like her face being washed. So, I love the new foaming facial because yes. it's so much easier i don't need to keep washing her face i just put it on dry she's happier i'm happier and happy dog means happy mummy. <laughs> yeah <And> it's <laughs> um, really good for your tear stains as well because i know you've got quite yeah. a
0: light colored poodle as well haven't you
2: yeah i've got white so it's even harder um and i do love and i use regularly on well every time she gets bath my shampoo so i use the whitening and the poodle so she has okay. a combination because then i get a bit of both yeah, she has the banished conditioner on her top, not on her tail, because she loves to just run in everything. Yeah, <laughs> as they do. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's a typical poodle in those bushes. Um, And my, my blue brush. I can't live without my blue brush. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier. Oh, and my trimmers. Definitely. They are my go-to for everything what I need for us. I love them. They're just brilliant.
0: And they're purple, so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I have to say, I'm a purple fan as well. And that, that white shampoo you talk about, that gets the white coats up so bright, doesn't it? Yeah. Because I,
2: I mean, use
0: it yeah. on my sluky as well. Oh, yeah, I didn't know you had a sluky. A
2: sluky cross, bless her.
0: <laughs> because I get quite a lot of bichons that come to the salon, obviously, because I, I use bichons in um, in the competitions. And they come in and they've got that dull sort of look about them, mm. they? They look like they're, You can tell they're white, but they're not really white, are they? Then they're they're now green. (laughs) That's it. And when they go out, the customer's like, whoa, I can totally see why you like that one, definitely. And so could you tell us, um, Kev, a little bit about the Groomers Gallery? I know you mentioned it earlier, but what is it? How do we find it? And how is it aimed at helping groomers?
1: So Groomers Gallery is an online educational portal, if you like. It is subscription-based, but it is very affordable. it costs just 12 pounds a year. and what it provides you with is online teaching through video master classes from breed experts, acknowledged uh, grooming experts, master groomers. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, you know it, it's where you can find out about a lot of the popular breeds that you know could be coming into the salon. So say for instance, you may not have seen a particular breed for a little while and you need a quick uh, refresher, if you like, on what to do Mm -hmm. with it, then you can watch a very short video and, uh, you know, learn from the experts as to how to treat that breed, what to, you know, what to do to get the best out of it in terms of styling and things.
2: Yeah,
0: and for £12 a year, I mean, it's silly not to really, isn't it? Because, I mean, seminars these days, you don't walk anywhere for less than probably 70 quid, do you? So for £12 a year to have all those breeds at your fingertips... Yeah, I
1: mean, th- when we initially started it, you know, we wanted to make sure that we ticked all the boxes in terms of the, the breeds that were required for city guilds. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, as time progressed and we we dealt with all of those breeds, we were then having to sort of look at a lot of the crossbreeds. A lot of people wanted more poodle related videos. So we've mm-hmm. been doing that. Um, and there are other lots of other videos planned um for a regular sort of release over the next sort of six months.
0: Brilliant.
1: So um so yeah, it's been an interesting project. I mean we've been running it's quite a few years now it's been running it's got
0: to be. Yeah but, it's most but, of the time that I've been grooming. Yeah, yeah in. and it,
1: it it's a difficult thing to to create, you know, all of these videos. Um the time involves studio time, organizing the dogs, organising the groomers getting the videographers, finding locations to film. We've also worked more recently with Green Team England. So, you know, these people are considered the creme de la creme, if you like, to represent our country uh, in international competitions. So we have masterclasses with them, with their chosen breeds, and there right. are more from them coming next year as well as we approach the World Championships again.
0: Brilliant. So. And you're the main well, the main sponsor for the green team, aren't you? I know.
1: Uh, we're one of the principal sponsors, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. And there are other all people
1: their... involved, but um, but yeah, Simpsons is uh, is proud to be associated with it, yeah, and, uh, and help the team on their way.
2: Brilliant! I actually did watch Louisa's newest video with poodles and oh I got so many little tips from it and being an ex-groomer I just was like oh, oh I could do that on my poodle oh I didn't realise that and you, yeah even if you have been grooming you can still pick up just something what you either might have forgot, and it's what a half an hour video and yeah so you can just watch it in your lunch break like I did
0: (laughs) yeah no I think that's a really good point sometimes you need something just to sort of do you up a bit with a breed like you say if you've forgotten a few bits or you're struggling to get the right look of that head shape or or whatever and it's nice like you say that they are quite short videos because you can almost have them in the salon with you while you're doing the dogs I know that I did that when I was newer to grooming there's a few times I had groomers gallery up and you can think oh because it's only half an hour. Along that was about halfway through, must be about 15 minutes. Boom, find that bit, and then you know it's nice and easy to find what you're looking for while you're doing the dogs. Um, I did the same, (laughs) yeah, sometimes as well. With
1: some breeds, yeah, more recently we have sort of addressed that by putting chapters into the videos so that people can sort of scroll along and find out the part they want. Originally, we sort of broke the breed up, if you know what I mean, so we did a whole masterclass of the entire trim. But mm-hmm. then the people that just wanted to know how to style the head, then they could just watch the head style video. But, um, you know, things move on. So we have chapters now so people can, uh, you know, there's one video, but they can very quickly navigate it to find the part they want.
2: There is also, um, like, members' offers as well we do run on groomers gathering. Oh, brilliant. Yes, Especially yes, that's for, true, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, as it, as it is sort of... Um, sponsored if you like grooms gallery is kind of funded and and run by grooms gallery so we do offer people that become members we do offer them special deals on our products it's worth joining because you can get perhaps get a discount off a product that you regularly use in the salon and, you know, every little helps, as they say, in terms of helping you run your business to keep your costs down. So
0: Yeah, of course. And I'm sure that there'll be a video on there for everyone. Because, every, like we said in um, several of the interviews before, that even if you're a really good poodle groomer, you might struggle with schnauzers. Or even if you're an amazing Cocker Spaniel groomer, you might not know your way around the bichon. So there's always going to be different breeds to look up and, and work on, sort of, no matter who you are, really. That's the beauty of right. grooming, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of popular breeds on there, you know, both in kind of clipped and hand strip versions. If you want to sort of watch that a lot of, um, you know, cross breeds, but so a lot of new poodle content as well. So we've, we've endeavoured to give, you know, provide something for everybody, but we're always okay. interested to get feedback on it, you know, and, and if there's a video you want to see, by all means you can get in contact with us through the Facebook page and, uh, you know, we will endeavour to, to act upon those and, and, organize scheduling some videos that people want to see so
0: brilliant so moving on to the last little part of the interview i'm gonna Mm -hmm. aim most of these towards rebecca because she's worked in a salon but then kev if you want to pipe in and add anything in you feel free what do you think rebecca it is that impacts on our mental health the most in the dog grooming
2: industry i think the pressure from the customers. Is one of the biggest things. You'll hear them say, I want my dog long, but not too long, or short, but not too short, or oh, I want it, I, I need to be back. Can I have the dog groomed in half an hour? And you're like, I haven't laughed. Little things like that, there's just, and or they'll keep popping in and stressing the dog out because they can see it's on the table, and you're like, no, I'll tell you when the dog's done. And yeah. all of that just, and if I got very busy, I was working six days a week and I could have done seven days and that all I was I struggled to say no. So I know it was my own stupidity at the same time. It's just but endless, it all isn't adds it?
0: pressure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yeah. What, yeah, if someone finds that their friend or a friend thinks you're a good groomer, then everybody wants you to groom their dogs. And that just adds even more pressure to yourself. And yeah, I think because we want to be perfectionists and we're artists, and, and we are artists, um, you, you add that extra pressure on yourself. And I think that is what people need to learn to not do and learn saying no.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it's quite quite lucky that, obviously, grooming has become very, very popular and more and more grooms are popping up everywhere. So I know myself... The longer I've been grooming, the easier it is to say is, oh, I'm sorry, my books are actually full at the moment, but there are plenty of groomers in this local area. I suggest trying X, Y, Z, or because people I know were worried that, oh, is becoming a fashion, everyone wants to be a groomer, oh, I'm not going to have any customers left, when actually, especially post-pandemic, everybody's got dogs if not two or three and we're yeah. all bursting at the seams so all these new groomers that are popping up has nothing to worry about because that's just more people to share the load with in, in my opinion so i think you've got a really good point there because customers are endless there's no end to the amount that are just popping up on your phone
1: <laughs> no i think it's quite important to manage customer expectations because like you said they come in they haven't bothered to brush it they want cute and fluffy And you're looking at the coat thinking, I need to grab my 7F blade. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's important not to sort of stress yourself too much over that, but communicate well with the customer, explain what's needed, whether more appointments are required or some home grooming is essential uh, to sort of just try and help reduce those stress levels a little bit. And I think you've got to remember as well that for a lot of people, you know, this is quite a solitary job yeah. you know you don't have many people to share your concerns and your you know worries with other than the dogs who can't really <laughs>
0: yeah. you know
1: help <laughs> maybe a cuddle is enough who knows yeah. um, but um but yeah you know that it's very important to sort of manage the stress levels in the, in the salon yeah. and uh, you know and manage customer expectations
0: Definitely. I know what you said about with the dogs helping you out. I only have one dog that comes in and he is a newfoundland. And if I'm having a stressful day, they are the (laughs) best dogs to just lay on the floor with. Um, But yes, working by yourself. I mean, I, I work by myself. So sometimes you are literally just banging your head against a brick wall, hoping for the day to just
2: finish (laughs) um
0: but other days things go swimmingly and it really does depend like you say on on talking to the customers and getting them to understand that you are actually only human and you don't have a magic wand
1: yes and i think it's worth saying as well that you know going to events like groom fest like competitions you know it's going to help you find people that suffer the same day-to-day issues that you do yeah you can build a you know rapport with these people and you know, hopefully makes some great friends.
0: Yeah, I mean, Angela Cayley has always said to me, no one knows a groomer like another groomer, because Correct. it takes one to know one, doesn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah um,
2: absolutely.
0: With social media, how do you feel that this impacts our mental health within the industry, Rebecca?
2: Oh, yeah, I think the groups can be absolutely amazing. Obviously, there's always going to be a time when you'll always have someone, you'll always have a Karen. the groups that you can get so much support on them and especially if you can maybe find a local groomers group I did and there was also a pet group it was dog walkers as well as groomers and we meet up for Christmas dinners and things like that and I think that really does because dog walkers as well walk mm-hmm. on their own dogs so their mental health is also impacted um so we used to just get together and it could just help you could just have a bit of a moan about your customers or just in life in general because yeah. sometimes you just need that as well um so Facebook can always have its positives or Instagram any of them TikTok but yeah there is a huge negative side to them and I think as long as you use it for the right purpose mm-hmm. then it, it can be absolutely fabulous.
0: So, I yeah. think that's a really good point I'm in a, a local groomers group in my area and we all pile up the local carvery at Christmas um, yeah <laughs> massive roast everyone has a glass of wine or whatever and mm-hmm. just has a general sort of outburst of everything that we have to deal with as a groomer just an offload yeah. basically and then well as the night proceeds and another couple of glasses of wine go down we all have a right good laugh and everyone in in the pub yeah. knows what what groomers are all about really I suppose but it's nice to do that yeah. because like we said earlier no one knows a groomer like a groomer and it, it helps you getting out of the salon and meeting up with people and sometimes we even have a summer little summer meet up as well and well usually at my house yeah. in the back garden actually it's <laughs>
2: Usually, here with a nice nice little jug of pims. Usually, well, I kept seeing everybody on um, one of the groomers' groups, and I was like, there's no one local to me because I didn't really know, but then I'd not long started up. And actually someone else um, up the road, who now works worked for one of the colleges, invited mm-hmm. me to their Christmas meal. So I, even though I wasn't really in that area, I still, and she was like, no, come and join us. Oh. And I stood on friends with her. And yeah, and I just thought, it just made such a difference because there was no one like her at the time. And I think people need to be a bit more like that sometimes and just open up and go, well, come and join us. It's fine.
0: Yeah, I like that answer a lot. I think that's a really good one. And People always look at social media so negatively. It's really nice that you've found a positive in there and a way yeah. to um, make it work for you, really. So, no, thank you for that.
1: The only thing <laughs> I was sort of thinking, sitting here listening to Rebecca, was kind of, you know, those the scenarios where, you know, unfortunately, s- social media does potentially give people the the option to sort of, when people want to complain, rather than having a a, a verbal conversation. They just want to jump on the keyboard and basically bash the groomer for whatever they've done.
2: Keyboard warriors, the know—that's that, <laughs> that's that's the one
1: the phrase I was thinking of. Um, so that's one of the things I think that perhaps is is a sad, slightly sadder part of social media, and that mm-hmm. you know can add to your stress. It can, you know, affect your your mental health in having to control that as well. You know, particularly if you've got quite a successful Facebook page. If you post on it regularly and you put up, you know, your trims that you've done that day and things like that, it's great that you know you can perhaps it can help you build a bigger client base and everything else. But you know, equally, it can sometimes um, you know add to your worries as well.
0: Would you have any advice on what to do if you get people complain on Facebook? Like, what is there anything that you do in particular
1: if that, Um, if that happens? Yeah, I mean, from time to time, you know, I think every every retailer, you know, every manufacturer can get complaints with, with a product. Sometimes it can be a minor thing. But I am amazed very often at the amount of people that will just jump onto social media and say, I've got this problem. And they will seek the advice on social media rather than perhaps just picking <laughs> up the phone and talking to the supplier. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's all important because, you know, that... There's nobody better qualified than the manufacturer or the retailer to help you fix the problem.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: So um, it is important that people do that rather than just jumping on there and, and you know giving a product a bashing rather than um, you know getting some proper advice on it. Really.
0: No, I think that's really good advice, and I think that um, groomers can apply that to their own salons as well because I know. Um, groomers always say, oh, this customer said this about my salon, blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. blah, And then they'll moan about it. But then they're do- they could be doing it 20 minutes later about something they've bought from somewhere, whether it's groom-related or not. And yes. um, you think, actually yeah. have that same thought approach when you're a customer as when it's your business because at the end of the day if if someone went home with a dog and they said oh i didn't went straight on facebook and said i didn't like how they trimmed that fringe in i don't like the eyes being that visible or i don't like how they've done the ears blah 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 you're going to be left there thinking what the hell why didn't you ring me and i would have sorted the fringe out for you or we could have altered those ears for next time or whatever so it could be something really tiny and they've just gone and put it on facebook instead of just ringing the groomer up and it can be easily sorted um so I Correct, think that us, yeah. us screamers can probably, probably should take a little breath before we hit, hit the uh, the key. Yeah, everybody, or everybody, even just can think be... how you're wording things a bit as well. Because yes, sometimes yes. just the way something's worded can make it, could be completely different to someone who's reading it and interpreting what they're saying sort of thing. I think that... Correct, yeah. yeah. Every,
1: everybody can be judgy.
0: Exactly. You know?
1: and sometimes you know typing it it can come across completely different to actually having a conversation with someone oh completely. Uh, you know if you're trying to resolve an issue there's nothing better than actually just picking up the phone to somebody and have a conversation
2: i remember being told once and it does really work and help you out so if you're really annoyed upset stressed over someone's put a comment type it completely out and then beat it you've got all just that preventive. frustration out yeah Brr, you've been the keyboard warrior and you've done it all and then just delete it and you've yeah. not caused any problems you've not upset anybody but you've helped yourself yeah and don't press That'd the send be button by accident no. delete
0: <laughs> but that's quite a good thing though because actually a lot of counsellors will tell you if you're angry about something write it down on a piece of paper mm-hmm. throw it in the fire and burn it afterwards Um, and it's just seeing it seeing it getting it out of your system so you're not you know frying all day trying to like get rid of this angry feeling that you've got it's gone it's out it's done it's burnt it's gone Mm -hmm. um i think that's really good and i'm I'm also another one just on that topic where i tend to write things and i rewrite things i rewrite things and i have almost the opposite problem where um I've got um, Stuart coming on to chat with me a bit later on in the series. And I'd sent him a load of questions and then I deleted them and copied, well, copied them, deleted them, tailored it a bit, sent it for, ah, that's fine. That's fine. Five minutes back, went back, copied it, deleted it. Da-da-da. And he was like, I've got like three missed, three deleted <laughs> messages here from you, Carl. I'm like, I oh, know, but I worded it slightly wrong and I didn't want you to take it the wrong way. Or I didn't want you to do this. And it was, I literally wrote exactly the same thing effectively three times. Um, But that sort of thing does worry me because I'm so aware that sometimes when I read things, I probably take them wrong as well. Um, And I've had situations before where I've actually got quite offended at something that someone's written, taken up with them later, and they were like, oh, I didn't even mean that. And I'm like, oh, Hmm. oh, okay. So, yeah, we really do have to be careful with with Facebook, what's written, how it's written, how someone else could perceive it. Um, Well, I
1: think also, you know, when people like to throw in an emoji, (laughs) <laughs> or a or a or a, short, or a shortened, oh, <laughs> shortened version of a word. You know that doesn't
2: help. Really, yeah. you know. I always have to Google most these shortened <laughs> words. I'm
0: like, what are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a bit of a mission figuring it all out. But um, and so, what would you say when you when you had your salon? What gave
2: you the biggest sense of pride in your job? The customers, actually. So when yeah. they came in and were like, oh, I love their dog. Yeah. They love how it's being groomed. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, that gave me the biggest pride. Actually just seeing them, I'm really happy with what I've done. just made me feel good like yay <laughs> I've done it <laughs> oh,
0: I see you as totally someone who really enjoys pleasing people like you yeah. <laughs> you enjoyed that out of the out of the out of when you had your salon you enjoyed the customers reactions but then also when I come in to the shop at Simpsons you are one of those people who's always like oh I can do that for you I can sort that for you I'll find that yeah we'll get that you can try that sort of thing so no I'm really I really like that answer it's a really great outlook to have and what what about um as far as Simpsons goes Kev what what
1: gives you pride about your business? Oh, right. I
0: shocked you with that one, hadn't I? Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is well, I, I
1: suppose, you know, the amount of time that, that Simpsons has been around in it, in this industry, really.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we've been running for over 60 years now. So, you know, it proves we must be doing something right. You know, we have a lot of, um, you know, very loyal, happy customers. And, and long may that continue
0: yeah no i like that that's right. a good answer yeah yeah because you i mean like you say you've been going a long time you provide good products you've got good customer service if people are happy and you've shown you've got staying power that's something to be massively proud of so no, it's a really good correct
1: answer, yeah and um you know, right? and, like um, you know my, my children and they're in in the business as well you know will be on a sort of full-time part-time basis but um mm-hmm. but yeah sort of slowly getting an opportunity to see what the business is about and we will see whether it will continue to another generation
0: brilliant look forward to seeing that definitely mm-hmm. and so when you was working in the salon um rebecca what what frustrated you the most the
2: dog knocks your clippers off your table <sighs> that would be heartbreaking <laughs> your scissors you probably didn't enjoy oh it's such on a sad sound isn't it when the when the scissors <laughs> hit the floor you're like no I think that is actually more frustrating than a customer turning up at the wrong time, actually, because <laughs> you never And to be
0: fair, that's probably why when I ring up in a flap saying, oh, this has happened, this has happened, I need one of these. It's probably why you're so good at calming me down and dealing with it when you're on the other end of the phone, because you know what it's hey, like, then. you've been there, you've done it. i yeah. <laughs> oh, find out. It's, all,
1: it's all part of good customer service.
0: <laughs> Well, that's yes. it. I remember, like I say, when I've got your, I've got your blaster now, but before I had another one, I remember last year, uh, I think it was like the 21st of December, the
2: current right.
0: blaster, yes. like one of my old ones from a different company blew up and I was like, Rebecca, my blaster's blown up and it's four days till Christmas and I don't know what to do.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I remember. But, no, like you say, you are literally... But yeah, like I say, you are literally just up the road, luckily for me. So I sent Gary over. So your time in the salon and your frustrations in the salon have probably actually really helped you in your new job because you know how to deal with people like me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, definitely. What do you do to relax and switch your work brain off? Reading a book.
2: Yeah. Walking my dogs. Definitely for my I used to be walking my dogs. Um and a glass of wine in the evening. But not every evening. <laughs>
0: so no it's been it's been um an absolute pleasure to talk to you both today i think you've actually come up with some really good advice there it's been interesting hearing a trader's point of view and yeah it's been a really nice little conversation is there anything that i've missed is there anything that you want to add before before we head off
1: no i think we've had a very interesting conversation with you this afternoon and it's been a pleasure to chat with you
0: Great. Well, thank you very much to the pair of you. Um, And I hope you have a lovely afternoon. Um, And yeah, thank you very much. Thank Thank you, Carla. How great was that to hear things from a trader's point of view? I love Kev's idea of taking a breed into a competition that you're actually really struggling with to help get advice and to raise the level of grooming with that style or with that breed. In fact, it's a brilliant way to go and compete with a completely different outlook. In a way, it almost takes the pressure off because you're going there purely to learn. I definitely recommend getting yourself to GroomFest. I can recall endless times that I've been given really helpful advice from speaking to traders directly at these sorts of events. Next week, I'm speaking to Sally Hart, who coincidentally is doing a seminar at GroomFest too. We will be discussing different ways to handle some of the difficult situations that customers present to us and why it's important to think these things through to avoid stress down the line and to prevent us feeling put on the spot and overwhelmed at the situation. For now, thank you for listening though. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Please follow Wellbeing for Dog Room as the podcast on your chosen platform to stay up to date and I'll be back next week. Cheerio!